and welcome to week three in our four-part series, I'm Not Satisfied. I'm Not Satisfied Living the Life God Intended. This is part three. I want to encourage you to make sure that you have uh, heard part one and two because that was awesome. Uh, it's been so good. Part one, we talked about God's language is dreams, right? Dreams are the language of God. How many know that to be true? Yeah, God speaks with words, and, and God, God absolutely guides us and directs us by His Spirit. But more times than not, God speaks in dreams. Amen. And we have already determined that this is our year to dream God's dream, right? Several weeks ago on Vision Sunday, what did we say? Our mandate this year is, say it with me, come dream with us. Amen. Come dream with us. God's looking for some dreamers in 2018. Amen. I hope we have some dreamers in the room today because God's looking for some people that will live bigger than themselves, that they'll dedicate themselves to something bigger than themselves. And we are believing God and trusting God that, that those dreams that you have in your heart, that maybe it's time to blow the dust off those dreams. And to others, it's time for you to dream again. You've stopped dreaming. And others still, it's those who need to dream a bigger dream. And so we talked about in part one the importance of knowing God's language is the language of dreams. He loves painting pictures on the imagination of our minds, on the canvas of our heart. He loves painting these pictures. And I'm a very visual person, so I see a lot of things in pictures and hear it in surround sound and see it in technicolor, and I pray that you'll begin to see how God uses the language of dreams. And then last week we talked about how do you know if you're dreaming God's dream? Is there a standard or is it something we can measure by? How do we know I'm not just dreaming my own dream? How do I know I, I, I don't have my, my ladder on leaning against the wrong building? And, and one of these days I'm climbing this ladder, realize I've been leaning against the wrong building the whole time. How do we know that? Well, there, there's a way. There really is. And so I want to encourage you to get online at intlfamilychurch.com. I go over to the media section. All the messages are in the archive there. And uh, you can hear them over and over again they'll be a great blessing to you. Today, I want to talk to you about a force that is absolutely required if you're going to be a successful dreamer. In fact, if you don't have this working in your life, you will not be a successful dreamer. You'll just dream without the manifestation of those dreams coming to pass. But there is something that is so valuable and so important, a force that we cannot live without. So today I want to talk to you about the force of patience. The force of patience. Oh my goodness. We need the force of patience. We as human beings, we don't like waiting for anything or anyone. We want what we want, when we want it, right? Um, how we want it. And we're, we're, we'll do pretty much anything to get what we want. And we don't like waiting for anything. We all have some level of impatience in our lives, some of us more than others. It's true. And of course, this impatience carries right over as we become followers of Christ and begin to trust God for specific areas of our life. This impatience continues and, and it thrives and it's something that absolutely stands in the way as we try and believe God for His highest and best. I've learned that during the waiting periods of life are the most life-changing things that can happen on the inside of us. Because of patience, it teaches us to be more appreciative. It, it adds value to us as we are standing and believing God. And it refuses to let go. It refuses to be denied. It's, it's a force inside of us that says, you know what? I'm going to stand my ground. I'm not backing down. I'm not letting anything stand in the way of God's highest and best in my life. That's why we could describe patience as one of the most valuable and rarest of jewels. It's an absolute must in our lives, but it's something that evades many of us. 
It's the very thing that we lack and the very reason why we quit dreaming in the first place and why we stopped and why we let things go and why we didn't pick it back up again and why we have been so discouraged and overwhelmed and wondering, you know, what's up with my dream? What's up with God? What's up with all the various aspects of of me trying and believing God for His highest and best. Wow. And so I believe today what you're about to hear is going to be a solution you've been crying for, you've been asking for, strategy you've been needing. Everything about this series has so spoken to right where we're living, right where we are. I mean, right, the Holy Spirit's been coming right into our living room, if you will, and reading our mail because God wants you dreaming this year. God wants you out there this year. God wants you beyond where you've ever been before this year. God wants you to see, amen, the bigger picture of what He has in store for you this year. Amen. Our text this morning is found in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. It says, We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. If we're not careful, we can get lazy or we can get comfortable. Or we can, get, we can get so laid back that, you know what, we just start the coast. And the thing that woke us up at night, the thing that kept us on fire, the thing that kept us alive, sometimes is, it wanes in our life. And we've got to learn something. And we've got to get used to the fact that Jesus did not come and die for your comfort zone. He came and He died and rose again to make you dangerous. And non-dreamers aren't dangerous. Who cares if you're not a dream? If you're, if who will bother you if you don't have a dream that's bigger than you? And the devil will bypass thousands of people to get to that one dreamer, to get to that one person that's got his red flag in a realm of the spirit, saying, "I'm trusting God today. I'm believing God this year. I'm going farther this year. I want more this year. I'm not satisfied this year. I know there's more for me. I know my life has been destined for greater." Amen. But yet we want to live these comfortable lives. But dreamers don't live comfortably. Doesn't mean you don't have the comforts and enjoy the comforts of life. But man, dreamers are dangerous. Jesus came to make you dangerous. Dangerous in your community. Dangerous in your family. Dangerous with your faith. Dangerous with your money. Amen. Not a word that we apply oftentimes to a lot of us. Are we, how dangerous are we? I'm not talking about violent dangerous. I'm talking about faith dangerous. I'm talking about trusting God dangerous. I'm talking about believing God dangerous. I'm talking about seeing a harvest dangerous. Amen. Seeing our prayers being answered dangerous. How many folks want to be more dangerous? Amen. I tell you what, I want to be dangerous as a pastor. Praise God. Amen. And I want to know and understand that God meets the needs of the person who will stand in faith and who will believe and will dream big dreams. Amen. Now here's our key phrase I'll be emphasizing today over and over again. Listen, patience is not just waiting passively. It is how we act while we wait. It's how we act while we are waiting. A lot of people think waiting just means just be passive. Oh, oh, hum, oh, well, nothing I can do about it. Kind of resignate yourself and resignation and passivity and apathy and, 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 and just being kind of coasting along. And that's not the force of patience. See, faith and patience work hand in hand together. They're a powerful team and they function together to help us as we choose to believe God and pursue the dreams that God has for us. Amen. So if you're going to be a dreamer, it's imperative that faith and patience are working together in your life. Amen. We're going to focus on the force of patience today. And I believe that it's going to be a word in due season for you. So let's define the word patience. Patience is long-suffering, forbearance, steadfastness, long-tempered. It is the quality that does not surrender to circumstance or succumb under trial. It is the opposite of despondency. It is associated with hope. Does that sound like a weak word to you? Absolutely not. 
The person who walks in patience is a person who has a depth and a strength, amen, and a resilience and a buoyancy about them. Like the cork, when, the, when, the, when life, you know, pushes you down, boop, you pop right back up again, amen. Why? Because the force of patience, amen, forbearance, long-suffering, steadfastness, long-tempered is a quality that's working in you. There's a definition that I heard years ago that I've adopted as mine and committed my life to, patience, to be constant or to be the same consistently no matter what's going on. No matter what's going on. When the force of patience is working in your life, we can't tell if you're having a good day or a bad day because you're the same. You're constant and consistent. We don't know if you have a lot of money in the bank or not a lot of money in the bank. We don't know if everything's good at home or not so good at home. Why? Because the force of patience refuses to ever give in to whatever is going on in your life because you know better. You know better. You've been stretched to the max that you're not going to go back to that two-by-four mentality. When God has stretched you to a ten-by-twelve, you're not going back to two-by-four. You're not going back to that poverty mentality. You're not going back to that woe is me. I'm no good sinner. I'm a nobody attitude. Everybody hates me. Nobody likes me. I'm also go eat worms and you go sing the blues, right? No, no, you're not going back there. Maybe you once were there, but the force of patience won't let you live live there any longer. You refuse to live in self-pity. And we can't tell. Now, you got a smile on your face when you got money in the bank, and you got a smile on your face when you wonder when the next money is going to come from. You've got money in the bank when your husband's loving you. You got a smile on your face when your husband's not loving you like you should, or he's got a smile on your face when he is. Maybe it's even bigger when he is, right? Right? When the kids are good, the kids are bad, the career's going great, things are happening like they should. You wonder where's God? We can't tell the difference. Why? Because no matter what's going on, we're constant. We're consistent. That's the force of patience. Amen. Patience or long-suffering is one of the nine fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5, and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. See, patience is not the ability to wait. Patience is the fruit of the Spirit that manifests while you're waiting. While you're waiting. If patience doesn't manifest in times of waiting, then we see the fruit of impatience taken over. And we know we make a lot of bad mistakes, don't we? We make investments we shouldn't have made. We take steps we shouldn't have done. We take jobs we didn't pray for. Um, we go out with people and even sometimes go down the, the aisle with, the, with individuals that we have not waited on God to hear His plan and purpose for our lives. We make big moves and we make bold moves and we do great, th awesome things that we, we want to do out of our impatience and our impulsiveness. And how many of us in this room have suffered because of it? We could all raise our hands today, right? Amen. Foot. And I'd raise the other one if it wouldn't make me fall over, right? All of us, been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. Hopefully now burned the t-shirt, right? I, I, here's something very important that I've learned over the years. Here, listen. Everyone is going to wait. Waiting is not an option. Now, I know you didn't come to church to hear that today, but trust me, you need to hear this. This is going to help you. Amen. Waiting is not an option. And we will do a lot more waiting in life than we will ever do receiving. Wow. All of us are going to wait. So guess what? Let's learn how to wait well. Amen. Amen. Let's learn how to wait well. Tell your neighbor, you need to learn how to wait well. Why? Because waiting is not an option. 
Everybody is going to wait. Amen. So we must as, might as well enjoy ourselves while God is perfecting that which concerns us, while God is at the, behind the scenes working on our behalf. Amen. While God is making this happen and this happen and this person uh, get see you and understand you beyond what you know what's going on, we might as well learn how to wait well because we're going to wait anyways. Wow. For example, if you're praying and believing God for some kind of breakthrough and, and, and it seems as if all you do every day is believe and pray and wait and then the next day you believe some more and pray some more and wait some more and man, it seems like all you're doing is, is, is believing and praying and waiting and, and, and you wonder, is this ever going to work? Is, is, is this ever going to come to pass? Is what I'm standing for ever going to become a reality? Amen. Nothing seems to be happening. And we're in that place where this seems like it's the same old, same old, and we wonder, and we're getting weary in our well-doing, and, and we, we, we mean well, and we, we really want to stand. We really want to get it right this time. We don't want to quit like we did the last 10 times. We don't want to quit in the middle of where we are, because all of us are somewhere in between. Amen. And there it is. You're right here. You're either in the amen, Lord, I'm, I'm standing, I'm trusting, I, I heard that, and I believe that in Jesus' name, I believe I received that, or you're somewhere standing in the middle, or you're about to receive that miracle or that breakthrough, or you're, you've got it, and now you're going to believe again, there's a new amen between a new amen, and there it is, but we're all there. Every one of us are right there in that place, and, and we can learn some things. Jesus knew that, that we would not wait well as human beings, that we would not be a natural thing for us to do, that it would not be something that we would sign up for and long for, amen, that, and by nature, I've, I've, I've had more impatience in my life than patience as a visionary. I want to get it done, Right? And I've got plenty of speeding tickets in my life because of my impatience. <laughs> Confession's good for the soul, right? Anybody else want to confess that with me today? All right, thank you. I, I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand. That's awesome, right? Yeah, I've supported the state in more ways than I want to. Right? More ways than I want to. Um, so, uh, and, and learning patience and learning all this, that the Lord knew this about us. And so there's this great parable that Jesus spoke about in Mark chapter 4 about the farmer. There's some things we can learn here because if waiting is not an option, then the Lord doesn't want to frustrate you or, or you be frustrated with yourself, I should say, over and over for the rest of your life. That means there's something we need to learn. If you want to be a dreamer, you need the force of patience. You need to learn how to wait well. If you want God's highest and best and get what you've never had before, then you're going to have to be willing to learn this lesson. The sooner the better. Amen. Mark 4, 26 and 28, Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground night and day while he is asleep or awake. A seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crop on its own. First the leaf blade pushes through, then the head of wheat are, wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. Jesus was telling us that this is the way that we should respond towards God. Our problem is that we're just so impatient that we're always um, agonizing and obsessing over the how are you going to do this, God? When are you going to do this, God? that we don't learn our lesson like the farmer has had to learn his lesson. The farmer never knows how or when his crop is going to come in. He just keeps sleeping and rising, doing what he can to enrich the soil and nourish, um, uh, cultivate the crops, but he leaves the rest into the hands of the Creator. Right? He does his part, sows the seed. He does his part to water or to nourish the soil. And then he himself cannot do anything about what the seed will do under the ground. That's part of what the Creator does. That's part of what, the, what God does 
Amen. And the farmer knows that he can't be anxious every single day wondering, are the crops growing? And then making sure and digging up. Are you growing yet? Right? What are you doing down there? I can't see anything happening. And it's this process. And if we're not careful, we're always interrupting our faith. We're always trying to dig it up. Or Are you growing yet? Is the money coming yet? Did you? I sowed that five dollars. Did you grow up and get your big brother the fifty-dollar bill? Right? We're just always wondering. We're always digging up what we sowed in faith and taking the care of it back onto us again after we've cast it on Him. So we said, "Amen." We need to learn to do what we can do and not get frustrated trying to do the things that only God can do. Because we waste so much energy trying to do what God's supposed to do. Amen. It's way beyond our ability. It's way above our pay grade. And somehow we think we need to help God out. You know, he's old. He's been around a long time. He might not be on his game today, right? He might not be quite where he needs to be. You know, he really has been around a long time. He might be hard of hearing, so we pray a little louder. Right, we get, we, we, we get more dramatic. Maybe if I just shout more and cause a fuss, somebody will give me some attention. It works in your natural life. We think somehow it's going to work with God. Oh, my, my. In other words, we need to learn how to trust God and enjoy the journey. Trust God. And enjoy the journey. Tell your neighbor, will you please trust God and enjoy the journey? Tell somebody, will you please trust God and enjoy the journey? See, we are not proving that we trust God when we go around depressed and sad, discouraged, negative, grumbling, complaining, murmuring. How does that show that we're trusting God? Right? We need to show God, man, God, I do trust you. And the force of patience comes alongside to help you while you're trying to really do your best to trust God. The force of patience is there to be what you need the force of patience to be. We are not showing that we indeed can be content with God and God alone. Can you be content while you're waiting? Can you be content in God? How about if it never comes to pass? Or how about if it takes longer than you've expected? Can you still have a relationship with God? Can you still love Him and let Him love you? Can you be content with Him and Him alone? When we reach the point that we don't have to figure out how everything's going to work, and it has to be on our timing, and, and we can let it go and trust God, it never fails, that's when God truly can begin to do only what God can do when you're no longer in charge, when you're no longer the boss, when you're no longer calling the shots. Oh, yeah, it requires faith and patience. Yes, it requires an understanding, like we sang today, that God's a good God, and He's in, in, your, in favor of your success today. Can you trust Him? Amen. Because when you do, He really begins to operate on your behalf. So stay steady and stay stable as you're making this journey called life and enjoy the journey along the way. Remember, patience is not just waiting passively. It's how we act while we're waiting. While we're waiting. Why is patience so important? Luke 21, 19 tells us. It says this in the Amplified Version, By your steadfastness and patient endurance, you shall win the true life of your souls. Wow. Another translation says, In your patience, possess your souls. Wow. Remember we told you before, last week, I said to you, In honesty, with God, it's not about the dream. It's about the dreamer. As big as the dream is, God cares more about you, the dreamer, than he does the dream. This verse proves this out. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality, uh, that part of you, your thought life, your feelings. And if you don't learn 
to possess your own soul or control your soulish life or, or, or control the way you respond emotionally all the time, all the drama in your life. Amen. The, the greatest day of my life was when I took the crown off my head and I stopped being the drama king. The greatest day of your life is when you take that crown off your head, ladies, and you quit being the drama queen. Men, when you take that crown off your head and you stop being the drama king, because if you don't, you cannot possess your soul, and you cannot have an out-of-control soul and be a dreamer at the same time. That's why it's important that we possess our soul. That's why it's important we get a hold of our feelings. If you just love your wife when you feel like it, there'll be a lot of seasons where you won't love your wife. If you love those kids only when they're doing good and having A's, right, and just being so compliant and wonderful kids, man, life is not going to be good for you. Amen. If we just go to church when we feel like it, pray when we feel like it, read our Bibles when we feel like it, walk in love when we feel like it, guess what? We're never going to feel like it. Oh, my. Amen. What does patience do? It helps you possess your soul because you are a piece of work. <laughs> right? I am a piece of work. Now, I know you want to tell your neighbor that, so go ahead. You are a piece of work. You are a piece of work. Oh, my goodness. Wow. How many times have we allowed a season of difficulty to, to get the best of us? And, man, we got offended or we got hurt or we got disappointed or, or we, we've got, we got jilted in some way that hurt our heart. Amen. And, and we've allowed a season, that season to, to guide us. And, and we got stuck in that season. We got stuck in a season of murmuring and complaining and offense and, and so forth. And man, that's not fun. It's no place to live. We can't be ourselves, right? Amen. And we live our lives based on those feelings. And, and, and we got to understand something that, that we have to Someday, we got to wake up, and the force of patience helps you realize, I am not going to be moved by my feelings any longer. Now, I understand. I said before, I'm Italian. I like my feelings. Don't take away my feelings, right? I like feeling in love with my wife. I like feeling like this is good. I like the feeling of feeling happy and, and joyful. And I like the feeling I had today during praise and worship. And I like the feeling of being able to greet you uh, on a Sunday morning and the wonderful feeling of, 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 of touching. And, and we're a high-touch group here and, and caring for you and, and looking in your eye. And you look at it, that something happens in that wonderful exchange of those few seconds that we get to see each other, that shepherd-sheep relationship being, being uh, worked on, right? There's something about that. There's something that brings me joy. I like all, and I love all those feelings, but at the end of the day, when it comes to my faith, I refuse to let my feelings stop me from believing God. I refuse to allow my feelings to get me to go left when I'm supposed to go right. I will not allow my feelings to tell me God's not for me when I know in His Word He is. And all that feeling that comes up and says he's not for you, he's he's he, you're on your own here. He's gonna he he's, he doesn't care about you, and he doesn't see what's going on. Amen. When you know that you know the force of patience working in your heart, you will not give up hope. You will not let go. You will stand your ground. You will lift up your hands and you will lift up your voice, and you will let the redeemed of the Lord say so that you are the redeemed and you are healed and you are whole, no matter what your feelings tell you, no matter what your body screams at you, no matter what offense, no matter what person, place, or thing has given you a hard time, the force of patience won't let you go there. Woo, glory to God. Amen. Amen. Now, in order for patience to develop and grow and come to our rescue, it needs, listen, you won't like this? It needs tests and trials. Oh, really? 
I was shouting until that point, Pastor. I was, I was with you, man. We were just doing the thing here. We, we had a connection, and man, I just lost the connection faster. There goes the anointing. Yeah, man, we just, you just crashed and burned right there, Pastor. How could you say that? You had me so high. You set me up for that, didn't you? Indeed. I'm not suggesting that God is the author behind those tests and trials, but listen, let's be honest. Why would you need patience if it didn't get rough? Right? If everything was great, who needs patience? If harvest is coming in, boom, 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 boom. Who needs to wait for anything? Who needs to wait well? Right? Patience needs a stage. And that stage is opportunity. That stage can be difficulty. That stage can be, you know, believing and standing and trusting and time and wondering and opportunities for doubt and wow, opportunities are all around us. Just because opportunity rings your doorbell doesn't mean you have to answer. Wow. Patience. Patience needs to be around when things aren't going so smooth. So actually, we need obnoxious people to stretch us. We need traffic jams. We need grocery store lines. We need slow clerks who can't figure out how the register works. Yeah, we actually do need to be standing and waiting for your breakthrough. We actually do need to be standing and waiting for our healing. We actually do need to be standing and waiting for that next step and that next piece of strategy, the next piece of, of the journey. Absolutely. There's something about that challenge. There's something about believing. See, you would think that believers would know how to believe because that's what believers do. But I know many more believers who don't know how to believe than they know how to believe. We're not believing. We're not believing. We're coasting. We, you know, growing up, I used to, we used to call them Pentecostal accidents. We didn't know how somebody got healed. It just happened. We thought, well, praise the Lord. Look at her. That's awesome. But we couldn't repeat it. We couldn't do it again. And so that's why the foolishness of maybe it might only be God's will once in a while. And so that's where that wrong doctrine came in that maybe only as it be His will that, that healing comes because we couldn't figure out how to do it again. It was just God's mercy and His goodness and, and the simplicity of somebody's faith, but we, we couldn't reproduce that. And so we don't know how to believe. And the force of patience is a must if you're going to be a true believer. If you're going to really believe like you've never believed before, then you need the force of patience. You need that working in your life. Be patient with people. Be patient with circumstances. Be patient, amen, with possessing your soul. Be patient with your growth. Be patient with your maturity. Be patient with your husband, your wife. Be patient with your kids. Be patient with your pastor. I'll be patient with you, amen. And we be patient with each other. Be patient with God. Because believe it or not, He's God. He knows how to do this. Amen. It's what he does. And the bottom line is God is not caught up in our time capsule. He is not in a hurry. Now, it would be nice if, if, he, he, if he just kind of maybe even showed up a little early every once in a while. Would we sign up for that? Yeah, yeah. We're tracking together. Yeah, just, just every once in a while. Just, just less drama. Right? Do it today and not like two weeks from now. That would be a nice twist. Amen. But he knows what we need, when we need it, and he's always right on time. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, everything becomes beautiful in its time. Amen. You think I woke up this beautiful this morning? It took time. <laughs> and I know you didn't wake up so beautiful like that this morning either, right? It took time. You were scary when you woke up this morning. 
You were. It was not a good sight when you woke up this morning. I understand. It takes time to look this good. It takes time for God to make everything beautiful in its time. Why does it take time? Because we're a piece of work. We're just a piece of work. I'm a piece of work. You're a piece of work. We're all a piece of work. All right? Right? And so it's just how it is. We need to get over that fact. Why is God so many times the God of the midnight hour? He's going to be mean and wants to see a sweat, wants to see a squirm. Why does he do that? Is he, why is he the God of the midnight hour? Because it never fails that this God of the midnight hour is wanting you to be stretched. He's wanting your capacity to be enlarged so you can handle the bigness of the dream you're dreaming. Why would God give you this big dream and you can't handle it? Why would God give you that raise and you can't handle the money you have right now? Why would God give you that house if you can't handle the apartment that you have right now? Why is God going to give you a brand new car? You can't keep that old one clean. Ooh. Wow. Pastor's stepping on toes this morning. <laughs> Just keeping it real. Right? We want so much, but we can't handle what we have. When my son was 15 years old, he, he started to negotiate with me that it was time for him to start dating. My son and I are a lot alike. He's a negotiator, and he did a really good job. We were at Johnny Rockets at the Burlington Mall for two and a half hours, and he laid out his case between the french fries and the cheeseburger and, and the cherry Coke. He, he let out his, uh, his negotiation of why he felt he was ready to date. And one of the things I said was just very simple. I said, Jay, you can't make your own bed. <laughs> and you want to date somebody else's daughter? You learn how to make your bed. You learn how to listen to your mom. You learn how to take better care of your sister, right? You develop those gifts in you, and, and we'll see down the road what this is going to be. But the point is, if we can't take care of what we have right now, why does God want to give us more? Let me tell you something. God knew in His infinite wisdom, I, I don't like saying it, but it's true. God knew His infinite wisdom that five years ago, ten years ago, we couldn't handle what we have today. Because God loved me too much to give me people that I couldn't handle, and He loved you too much to give you a pastor that couldn't handle you. Right? Amen. There had to be this process, and we have to continue to grow. Amen. No, He's not trying to be mean. He wants you to have a, a, a revelation, an understanding, praise God, that we're, it's the day of living this roller coaster existence and up and down and all around. God wants you to continue to be on that escalator little by little through that process of growing. Amen. I understand. Hundreds of millions of dollars are supposed to flow through the hands of this church. That's why we're doing our very best to be good stewards of the hundreds of dollars and the thousands of dollars and the tens of thousands of dollars and the millions of dollars, not the hundreds. How can we get the hundreds if we're not faithful with the millions? Right? That's part of the process. Welcome to the force of patience. Amen. Listen, you can't be content without patience. You'll never be joyful without patience. You'll be all over the map and frustrated and angry without patience, right? Because you don't have the fruit of patience, and every time you turn around, something bad happens, and you overreact, and you give in to your fears. You give in to your feelings. Amen. And we short-circuit ourselves again, again. And we got to say, wait a minute. i gotta, I got to be tired of going around this mountain one more time. I mean, at least the fifth time, the tenth time, the twenty-fifth time going around the same mountain. Should we not learn this lesson? Amen. The dreamer has to learn the lesson because there's something in you that refuses to stay the same. There's something in you that says, I, I know there's more for me, and I know that I can't get to the more until I can handle what I can handle right now. Colossians 3.12, let's bring us to a close. It says this, 
So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on the heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and what? Patience. 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 This tells me that patience is something I have to do on purpose. Patience is an intentional act. Amen. I decide I'm going to be patient or I decide I'm going to be impatient. Nobody makes you be impatient. Nobody forces you to be impatient, right? It's the choice we make to be impatient. The Word of God says put on, put on, right? Put it on. Other translation says clothe yourselves, therefore, as God's own chosen ones. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you stood in your closet and you said, okay, dress me? And the clothes supernaturally came off the hanger and voila, right? Didn't happen, did it? Will it ever happen? Not in my lifetime, right? Not in our lifetime. Hey, they might come up with some fancy way to do that. I don't know. But no, it doesn't happen. What has to happen? You got to do what? You got to put your own clothes on. You put it on. So you clothe yourself with patience. You're the one that puts it on. And the best time to put that on is when you put your regular clothes on. First thing in the morning, you don't going to leave house without your pants on. That's pretty embarrassing, right? right? You wouldn't do that. Well, you put your pants on. Well, same way you put your clothes on. In the morning, you make up your mind to say, I'm putting on patience today. I'm going to clothe myself with patience because Colossians 3, 2 says, and set your mind, and what's this word right here? And keep them set. And set your minds and keep them set. Amen. So today, Father, I determined I'm going to put on the fruit of patience today. I'm going to walk in patience today. I'm going to trust you today. I'm going to believe you today. I'm going to stand on your word today. I'm going to believe, Lord, I'm going to set my mind to be patient today no matter what happens. Amen. Somebody asked me recently, Pastor, when will it ever get to the point where I won't have to be dealing with something all the time? And I said those words. It came out of my mouth faster than I could even think it. I said, never. And he looked at me, never? I said, never. Not if you're going to trust God. Not if you're going to be a dreamer. Not if you've got big plans. Not if you want to see God move on your behalf. Not if you want your marriage to grow, your kids to grow, your business to grow. Not if you're going to not live your life stuck. If you're going to live your life out there trusting God, there'll always be something you're believing God for. So if that's true, then get over that fact and get your eyes beyond what you're experiencing right now. Set your minds and keep them set. Amen. Too many people have this kind of mentality. If I don't get my breakthrough this week, I can't stand it. If he does that to me one more time, I'm gone. Uh, if this happens again, there's no way that I can recover from this. And somebody said, Pastor, uh, I, God's got to come through for me right away or I can't take it any longer. And I said as bold as I could be, yes, you can. And they said, how do you know I can? Because I know the God I serve and I know what his word tells me. And his word tells me in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All of you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through it. Wow. That's amazing to me. You know what that verse told me? That verse tells me, and I learned it years ago. That verse says, I can't get away by saying, Pastor, you don't understand what I'm going through. Because what I'm going through is very different than what anybody else goes through. Oh, please, get over yourself. Can I just be honest with you? As soon as you say that, you're telling me you're ignorant. I didn't say stupid. You just lack ignorance. Because when you think you're the only one going through that, you've elevated yourself. It's called pride. It's called arrogance. To think you're going through something that no other human being has gone through, please. 
this already debunks that. We all go through the same thing at some point in time in various measures and different kind of circumstances. But at the end of the day, nothing is, everything is common to man. We all go through the same thing at some point in time of our lives. Amen. So listen very carefully. Whatever you're going through right now, because you're going through it right now, means you can deal with it. Because God would never allow something to come your way that would undermine your faith, shame you, or destroy you. Because that's not the God we serve. It's not the God we serve. The fact is that you're going through what you're going through now and not five months ago or five years ago means five years ago, you wouldn't have been able to hand it, handle it. Last week, you wouldn't be able to handle it. But the fact that you're dealing with it now means you're more than capable, and God would have never allowed it to come your way if you weren't. Amen. All that does to me is, okay, it makes my shoulders go back. If I'm believing God for that money now, that means I can, I've got the faith to believe God for that. If I'm going through this thing right now, that means I can deal with it. The fact that this happened to me and is unexpected means that I've got the goods. I don't have to succumb to this. Listen, patience is a fruit of the Spirit, not a manifestation of your human ability. Patience, the force of patience, the fruit of patience is a supernatural manifestation of God's ability helping you perfect that which concerns you, helping you grow up into the character of Christ. Amen. It comes to your rescue. It's not human. It's supernatural. And when you yield to the force of patience, you are yielding to a supernatural force that helps you in spite of you, in spite of your track record. Now a different story is being written on your behalf. Amen. Last but not least, let me say that, that, that phrase that we've been saying, patience is not just waiting passively. It is how we act while we're waiting. How are you acting while we're waiting? I tell you what, it'll change the way you wait. It'll change your attitude. And I promise you that we shorten the waiting period if we'll wait like the good farmer and quit doing God's job. Do your part. Let God do His part. And I promise you, we'll still have to wait because it's not an option. But I believe we extend our waiting period because we don't wait well. You want to shorten your waiting period? Learn how to wait well. Learn how to not be satisfied. And in the process, amen, activate the God kind of patience, amen, that has your sights on something much bigger than your present circumstances. And this picture that God gives you, your eyes that see, your ears that hear, your mind that imagines, your heart that becomes open to all those things God has prepared for you because He loves you, oh my goodness. You'll grab a hold of those and you won't let go because of the force of patience. Have you learned something today? Come on, let's stand to our feet and give God praise today. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your voice and thank Him today. Lift up your voice and say, Oh God, I love you. Thank you for the truth of your word today. Thank you that you've come to my rescue and you've given me the truth to help me stand, the truth to be a dreamer, the truth to trust you, the truth, Father God, to go on beyond myself and to, and to, and to believe for those things that are bigger than I am. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. You're so good. You're so awesome. You're so amazing. Oh, God, thank you for coming to my rescue today. Thank you for loving me enough to tell me the truth today. Our hearts have expanded today. We are committed to the force of patience. We're committed, Father God, to wait well. I thank you that in all of our hearts today, Father God, not only are we inspired, but we are committed to waiting well, committed to the force of patience, committed, Father God, to trusting you, committed, Father God, to possess our soul, committed, Father God, to learn and to grow and mature and expand and believe and trust you and walk by faith and not by sight. Father, thank you. 
Thank you for changing us from the inside out. Thank you, Father God, that we receive your word with gladness today, that we will not be forgetful hearers today. We will not allow the enemy to come and steal the very word that we needed to hear today. We'll attach our faith and our believing to this word today. We'll hear it over and over and over again, Father God, and we'll not let it go because we are not satisfied and we'll not experience your highest and best without the force of patience working in and through our lives. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We believe that we receive that today, and we thank you for it. Be encouraged, church. You're standing today, and I'm sure all of you are. If you're in between amen and there it is, and you're wondering why it's taken so long, man, you should be so glad you came to church today or joined us live online today. You should be glad you heard what you heard because God heard your cry and He knows exactly what you need to not be discouraged and not give up. And if you've all been tempted to give up, stand back up again. Believe again. Trust Him again. And keep on dreaming. With every head bowed, please, Pastor Mo's going to come and close this service in a moment. The most important part of this service is to make sure that you know that Jesus lives inside of your heart, that heaven is your home, that you're right with God, that your sins are forgiven. There's no reason to do this all on your own. That's why it's so frustrating and so crazy. That's why life is up and down and all over the map. It's time to know, as Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth. I'm the life. I'm the way. Jesus said it. Do this my way. Let me live in your heart today. If you're here today, you'll say, Pastor, I need this Jesus. I need my sins forgiven. I want to do this God's way. I want a new beginning, a brand new start. Pray for me, Pastor. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart and today's that first day, you'll say, I'm ready to do this God's way. I need my sins forgiven. I want to make sure heaven is my home and I'm right with God. If that's you, will you raise your hand nice and high today? I want to pray for you. Thank you, thank you. God bless you. Thank you, God bless you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Who else? Raise it up high today. Thank you, ma'am. God bless you. Anybody else today? If you're joining us online, open up your heart today. We want to pray for you today. Anybody else? Thank you, Father. We had... Yes, there it is. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Good for you. Anybody else today? We had a good amount of hands. Yeah, over here. Thank you. God bless you. I see it, ma'am. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. God bless you. Yes. Thank you. Good for you. And she wants it. She got both hands up. Yeah, thank you. God bless you. Good for you. Awesome. It's amazing how many people are giving their lives to Christ since the first of the year. Absolutely wonderful to see hearts being changed and being rearrange for the honor and glory of God. Anybody else before I pray today, we're going to let you go. Anybody else? Praise God. Let's pray this prayer together, please. Say it with me. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. I need you, Jesus. Come into my heart today. I believe you died for me. You suffered for me. You shed your blood for me. But you didn't stay dead. Now I ask you, come live inside of my heart and make me alive. Forgive me for my sin. I denounce my past and I will live for you all the days of my life. I want to be a dreamer. I want to do it your way. I love you. I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.